Your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! Four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Last Word on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Jeffrey Gorman, joined by Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, week in and week out. We're getting you ready for the upcoming 23 season. Maytay, we are brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. They've been around for a while. We appreciate their help. Check out FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, we're going to discuss what's going on in the OTAs. They're getting deep and thick into, uh, let me think, week six on that thing, Maytay, isn't it? Yes. Week five or week six when it comes to the OTAs for the Colts. I believe it's week six, first week of OTAs, so a couple more weeks of that, and then the mandatory minicamp in mid-June, and then it's summer vacation for these guys all the way up until training camp. So we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, as they say, of the off-season workout program. OTAs in the month of May, Memorial Day weekend, Jeffrey. It's Carb Day. We got players on the field. We got cars on the track. The weather is beautiful. Let's go. Don't forget, coming up trackside right after this show, Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee, they're going to take you of what's going on. We got 500 miles to talk about on Sunday, but Mayte, <laughs> let's go for some football first. I'm going to get who you, who you think is going to win the race later on, rather, but We're going to talk these Colts in this OTAs, okay? The spring workouts are going to conclude with, like you said, the mandatory minicamp that's coming up in mid-June. This is where things really start to ramp up for this football team, and Anthony Richardson in particular. They are allowed to do seven-on-seven drills, nine-on-seven and 11-on-11 drills. No live contact, Omete. That's part of the CBA. Don't touch anybody out there. Protected (laughs) knee and elbow pads and helmets, they are permitted. But what did you take away from this week's OTAs? It's getting hot. Yeah, it was good. It was a good first week. Watched some practice this week, and it was kind of you know our first chance to see the team perform the closest thing to real football before training camp. Like you said, it was 11-on-11 stuff, 7-on-7. Anthony Richardson looked good. He got plenty of reps with the first-team offense, as did Gardner Minshew, so that's continuing to develop. Uh, You heard players this week talk about how mature Richardson is and how exciting it is to watch him put in the work and grow in real time. You know, when, he, when he's out there, you can see all the tools that he has, the size, the speed, the athleticism, the strong arm. It's blatantly obvious. Mo Cox said this week he can already see improvement from the beginning of the first week until the end of the first week, and that's what you want. You want to see the big mistakes dwindle day by day, improve on all the subtle things, and that's why I think Richardson will be light years ahead in mid-June compared to where he is now. So, In that regard, a really good week of work. You can already see the quarterback battle forming between Richardson and Minshew just with the uh, splitting of the reps there. The wide receiver room is pretty crowded, as is the tight end core. Uh, In that regard, a really good first week of OTAs, Jeffrey. It's exciting. Training camp right around the corner. All Colts fans will be able to get their eyes on Anthony Richardson and company because once this thing slows down, it ramps back up pretty quick, Maytay. And again, we're going to talk about the 500-mile race coming up later on in the show. Uh, But I'm all fired up because OTA in springtime and 500 miles to race, that means it's almost here, okay? It's almost here. And we're going to preview some position groups as we lead up to training camp. Last week, we talked about the running backs. This week, Maytay, I want to talk about the wide receivers and what's going on in the Colts' wide receiver room. Michael Pittman Jr. Maytay, still the Colts' top wide receiver. How much is he going to help Anthony Richardson in this passing game? And what have you liked so far out of Pittman and Gardner Minshew? 
Yeah, I, I think that he still is the top target for this team. I mean, he's definitely built like a top receiver in the NFL, right? Six foot four, two twenty, can make contested catches. Chris Ballard at the end of the season, Jeffrey, he was all about Michael Pittman Jr. said he loves the way he competes, loves the way that he, you know, shows his emotions on his sleeves. Uh he's a He'll guy fight that you. cares. My yeah, Bete, he'll no fight you. <laughs> we saw that a couple years ago in the New England game when he got escorted yeah. out, if you will, got asked to leave in a good way. But, yeah, he's a guy that cares deeply about winning. 99 catches last year. Um, the last two seasons, Pittman actually ranks 10th in the NFL in catches. Now, the biggest jump going forward is is turning Michael Pittman Jr. and a lot of these other wide receivers into more of a red zone, you know, more red zone threats and turning their catches into bigger plays. So I think we're going to get into it. We'll talk about the quarterback stability and how that's factored into the wide receiver instability. But Pittman is still, I think, the number one target for this team on offense. And I think Pittman still has a lot in the tank that we just haven't seen yet because of the you know, the shaky ground that the offense has been on the last few years because of quarterback fluctuation, if you will. Yeah, Paris Campbell, slot receiver, gone. Uh, playing in New York now. Now we have got Isaiah McKenzie, who who's a veteran. Got him from Buffalo. He has playoff experience, Matt. He has big catch experience, and we've all seen what Isaiah McKenzie can do. And then the third rounder, Josh Downs, another slot receiver. What about these two? Where do they coexist, and what do you like for the slot this year? Yeah, I think that's going to be a true battle because you know McKenzie, he's definitely that savvy veteran in the puzzle. Mm-hmm. A lot of NFL experience. He's going into his seventh season with his third different team. Last year, primarily a slot guy. He would carry the ball on occasion. He's coming off his best season. Had over 400 yards receiving, four touchdowns last year with the Bills. Been used in in more than 50% of a team's offensive snaps just one time in his six years in the NFL, and that was last year in Buffalo. He uh, was on the field about 54% of the time. So there's that, and then there's Josh Downs, and you know, Jeffrey, as you know, he was drafted here for a reason. The Colts loved sure. him in the draft. You know, caught the eye of Reggie Wayne big time on film and then at the combine. Kind of represents a skill set the Colts really haven't had before. Kind of that small, shifty. Um, he's five foot nine, and he's actually at five nine, he's actually the shortest wide receiver ever drafted by Chris Ballard. None of the seven picks previously at wide receiver under Chris Ballard are under six two. And he's the shortest wide receiver drafted by the Colts since T.Y. Hilton, who was also five foot nine back in 2012. So Downs is here. He's a draft pick. I think he's going to make the team, obviously. McKenzie's here. He's on a one-year deal, but he's the veteran. So that battle early on, that's going to be interesting to see who has the edge there as you know the spring rolls on and then definitely something to watch once we get to camp. I mean, it doesn't sound corny, but it's like you hear it every season. But seriously, if you're a playmaker, especially in Shane Steichen's offense, he's going to get you the ball. He, they're going to make sure that the ball gets in your hands. Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Downs, et cetera, et cetera. I also have to ask that question, Mate. We do every spring. Hey, Matt, who do you like for a breakout season as a wide receiver? <laughs> I do it every year, but I'm going to continue. But I'm starting on this one. He's coming up on later on in the show. That's who I've got. Ashton Doolin. Listen, this yeah. is world-class speed, and he's a big dude. Don't forget, he's a pro bowler when it comes to uh, special teams and being a gunner and whatnot, but he has right. elite speed, and he 
he's a big dude, and I think Steichen is going to make the, you know, put him in a position to be successful and let him outrun some people over the top as well as bowl through him because, like I said, he's a big fellow. He's got some speed behind him. You know, that's a good one. I mean, obviously, he's going to be, I think, if he stays healthy on pace for a bigger season. But my guy is Alec Pierce. You know, he's got okay. that rookie season behind him at the wideout spot. Hopefully a dynamic quarterback with a strong arm like Richardson can put some more shots in this offense, and that's where I think Alec Pierce comes into play. Last season, he was the biggest downfield threat in the passing game for the Colts, but they just weren't able to get him nearly as many opportunities as they would have liked. Last season, Pierce had six catches over 25 and led the Colts with 14.5 yards per catch. So he had an up-and-down rookie season in terms of, we talked about a participation and consistency, but with that, Pierce still was over or darn near close to 600 yards receiving, and over 20% of his targets were on those go routes, and he just has that knack for contorting his body, you know, playing the ball on the sideline, shielding defenders away so he can go up and just high point the football. So he's got that in his arsenal, and then he said in the offseason that his biggest goal going into this season is to refine his route tree at the NFL level. So I think all of that might lead to Pierce having a bigger season and maybe being more of a vertical threat in this offense. Need it too, just like you said. Real quick, what about somebody like Michael Strawn, like some, you know, a big wide receiver, a guy who's been around for a minute? How many how many receivers do you see Steichen keeping on this roster after training camp? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think six tops. Traditionally, it's been five, sometimes six. So right now, you're looking at Pittman, Pierce, Josh Downs as a draft pick. Ashton Doolin, Isaiah McKenzie, that's five right there. Right. Uh, Doolin's going to make this team because of his versatility and his special teams ability. So that leaves only a couple of spots for players like Mike Strawn, like you said. Ethan Fernia is still here. He was on the team last year, undrafted free agent out of UCLA last year. The Colts brought in some more intriguing undrafted free agents at wideout this offseason. So I think, I think the biggest storyline with the receivers now is – it isn't who's going to make the team. It's can that group be more productive this season with a new offense, a new play caller, and hopefully some stability at quarterback. Absolutely, and the battles have already begun. The OTAs are here. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. The last word brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel, proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts. Don't forget, register right now for the 11th annual Colts 5K Run and Walk. It's now open. Just go to Colts5K.com. All in-person events are going to take place at Lucas Oil Stadium on August the 19th. Participants will finish the race on the 50-yard line. They're going to enjoy a post-race celebration and receive a finisher t-shirt, a medal, and a ticket to the Colts' home preseason game versus the Chicago Bears later that night. So find it all at Colts5K.com. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the wide receiver core, and we're going to do that with Ashton Doolin. Mate, the voice of the Colts, he sat down a minute ago with the Colts' wide receiver, and he's going to talk about Shane Steichen and this offense, and of course, Anthony Richardson and at quarterback. This is the last word. 93-5-1075, the fan. We're giving you all you need to know on the Colts. This is the last word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back. The last word brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. I'm here at the Indiana 
there. Mate, hey, don't worry. There's rabid fans that are listening to this show right now that are saying, wrap it up. We need to get to the 500 <laughs> news with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee at Trackside because this time of month in Indianapolis, oh, my heavens, it's just the rabbit out there. They love this race, and rightfully so. It's going to be another doozy. They're calling for 325000 there, Mate. Yes, they are. They're saying biggest race, biggest uh, attendance since 2016 when it was the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500. That year they were pushing 350. This year they're thinking north of 325, maybe in the 330 range. And uh, I can't wait, man. It's my first 500 in five years. I haven't been since 2018. Let's go. This weekend, Jeffrey, I've been hanging out with like two-year-olds and three-year-olds. I'm ready to have some fun. I'm ready to be out there. So I cannot wait. Matt Taylor wearing jorts and bringing a cooler on his back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Sunday. I'll, look for I'll the be the guy the... in a backpack cooler and a cutoff. I, it'll be hard to miss me. A midriff, Matt Taylor. Isn't that Taylor, the voice of the Colts? Colts single-game tickets. They're on sale now, folks, along with the annual home matchups against the AFC South. Uh, the Colts are going to host the Steelers, the Browns, the Raiders, the Rams, the Saints, and the Buccaneers at Lucas Oil Stadium. Get your seats today at Colts.com slash tickets or Ticketmaster.com. Okay, we continue on our Colts wide receiver talk tonight. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. He had a conversation earlier with Ashton Doolin, the speed merchant. He's going into his fifth year with the Colts. They talked about the start of the OTAs this week, working with the new offense under Coach Shane Steichen, and his first impression of rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. This kid's special. Here's Ashton Doolin. Joining us now, fifth year for this guy, wide receiver Ashton Doolin during the Colts offseason workout program. OTAs this week, the first week of OTAs as we sit here and talk right now, Ashton. But you're number five. Holy moly. Do you feel like it's been five years for you? Um, I think it's flew by pretty quick, if I had to uh, say the least. Me too. Um, just just kind of coming from rookie year up until now, it's like, you know, where'd the time go? Right. Um, but learned a lot, uh, grew a lot in that time, and mm-hmm. uh, just happy to be back for a fifth year. Well, we'll talk about that more in depth in just a second, but let's talk about the here and the now. The first week of OTAs, that's when the off-season workout program starts to really ramp up. How's it going for you so far? I think it's going good so far. Um, I think we're all playing, you know, good sound football um, as far as, you know, getting setting that standard for ourselves early. Uh, I think that's the biggest part and knowing what we expect of ourselves and uh, holding each other accountable. I think that's the biggest part to it. And I think we're all, you know, following that, that, that role and that suit and knowing that um, we're going to bounce back from last year. Last year certainly was uh, a sour note to end the season, right, on that seven-game losing streak. How did you spend the off-season and how was the off-season in terms of – you know, your mindset and your mental space and that motivation that you may have had at the end of last season, using that kind of as fuel in the background as you're working out and training for this year? Um, I think it's, it's uh, you know, going to the offseason every year, we think of the same thing as far as what we can get better at as far as our weaknesses, mm-hmm. uh, making our weaknesses our strengths and then continuing to sharpen our strength as well. Um, and for me, I think the biggest part, you know, with shaping my game is as a whole as a receiver. So whether it's route running, um, you know, learning formations, uh, knowing what the uh, defensive coverage is, learning stuff like that, and then watching other players too. Right. Um, watching players who are, you know, done this for a long time and doing good good things at it at the position and um, just sh- make, making my game into that as well. So whether that's adding different tools to my game and then, and then going from there. What's the part of your game that you think you've grown the most in from your first year until now, going into year number five? Um, I would definitely say my route running um, as far as being able to control my speed and tempo in routes and then coming out of breaks, you know, cleaner, um, understanding the, uh, you know, the defenses and knowing that every route doesn't have to be 100 miles per hour. Uh, you control yourself because at the end of the day, you know, we know where we're going, the DB doesn't. So mm-hmm. as long as we shape our routes and to make everything look the same, 
Um, I think it makes it easier for me as a receiver to be able to trust myself and trust my feet. Because you're naturally fast anyways. Mm -hmm. Something you just said right there is fascinating to me because you always want to play fast and you always want to go 100 miles an hour. But how hard is it for you as a guy that knows one speed, that's how you grew up, how hard is it to not run a route? At full speed because um, it doesn't need it. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a mental yeah. kind of hurdle that I would think would be tough for sure. Uh, it's definitely something to learn to do. Um, it's not something I can do overnight. You know, it's something that you get rep repetition that and you continue to practice that because, like you say, you know, I'm used to running every route or every 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 time I run going 100 miles per hour. Sure. So that's probably the biggest part of it was being able to know that okay, I can make it look and feel like I'm moving faster, but knowing that I'm still controlled in myself and my route running and knowing that when I get to the top of my brakes, I can be controlled in it. How how tough is it to feel that that that's a that's a good balance because you want to get open but at the same time you want to feel under control you want to be smooth in your routes I mean how do you know when you found that um, I think once you figure out um, once you learn you know the whole grand scheme of things whether in the offense with plays and right. knowing that sometimes you're not the first option you could be the last option so you know that you have more time or a click a click longer than mm -hmm. I usually would if I was the first option so um, knowing that and and, and building that into my routes and know, okay, I got a little extra time this so I can I can I can set up my release a little bit longer. I can work into my break right. and, and get the, the DB something else to think about before I actually go where I need to go. That's Ashton Doolin with us, Colts wide receiver. All right, first impressions, first offseason, I should say, uh, under Shane Steichen. What do you make of the head coach and then obviously the play caller dialing everything up for you? Um, I think they're both great for this team. Um, you know, they're young guys and they, they bring a fresh new mindset to this whole team as far as, you know, um, holding each other accountable. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest thing is they set a standard early and knowing that we're not going to take any anything less than what our standard is. And, that, and that's playing with, you know, with high intensity, uh, playing smash mouth football and, and knowing that uh, we want to be the best team each and every week. And I think they have you know, brought that mindset to everybody on the team. We all have, kind of feel that energy. Um, in the locker room and throughout this whole place. What is it about the Shane Steichen offense that you think can really bring out the best in you? Have you gotten a good feel for that yet? I think he uh, wants to play the strengths of everybody that's on his team. So knowing that everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses, but he wants to bring out those strengths within the offense. So, yeah. you know, we have fast guys, good guys to take the ball deep and they'll go over top. So I know that um, we're going to try to, you know, use that to the best of our ability and be able to, to put guys in the right place to, uh, to maximize their abilities. You know, I know we talked to you a couple months ago right after you signed that deal in free agency, but if we could go back to that a little bit, knowing that you're here, you're secure, you know, your short-term future, it's in place, right? You signed that deal back in March. What kind of confidence did that give you, knowing the team prioritized you and wanted to bring you back, made it a priority to bring you back early on in free agency? Um, I, I look at it more as um, it's just an opportunity to, uh, to come back and, and, and build on what I've done so far. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get too high or too low. So, you know, I keep that in mind instead of, uh, you know, nothing's ever, you know, it's not, it's not given. I, have to, I still have to earn my, my role in this team and earn my spot. But at the same time, I want to be able to um, do more, um, whether it's on the offense um, or, or doing anything special teams-wise. But I want to be able to maximize my potential and my abilities as much as I can for this team. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's what I see it as is, you know, it's another opportunity to be able to, you know, do the best I can for this team. And you certainly do. You certainly do. Your versatility, you maximize everything that you have on special teams and on offense. But you missed some time last year with that injury. I know that was frustrating for you. This is the only way I know how to ask this question, but how much untapped potential and talent have we yet to see from you because of uh, more opportunities in the offense and the injuries you dealt with last year? How much left is there for Ashton Doolin that we don't know about? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot left, um, especially on the offensive side. I know I can bring a lot to the table um, mm -hmm. as far as with my speed and my, and, my, and my ability to catch the ball and be able to get open. 
Um, you know, but with that comes repetition through our practices and earn that trust throughout with the you know new coaching staff and stuff like that. But um, I think I, I can bring a lot to this team offensively, and, and and I think as time will as time goes on and time will tell. Um, you know, we put in the work each and every day, mm-hmm. and it'll be able to show out on Sundays. That's Ashton doing with us. Going back to Shane Steichen, new offense, new terminology uh, for the first time since you've been in the NFL, right? 2019 to last year, you had the same offense. How difficult is it to learn a new NFL playbook for those that will never go through that, right? right? Um, I think, you know, for at least with, with him being, you know, under, you know, with, with Nick Sirianni, it's kind of, some of the terminology is kind of different, but a little bit's the same as well. So mm-hmm. it's not too much that's changed as far as our, um, you know, our combinations or, or being able to get open and stuff like that. Um, but I think, I think the playbook is kind of in the same realm as what we've kind of been accustomed to it these, these past mm-hmm. couple of years. So uh, for me, I think it's just continuing to, to be in the playbook, stay in the playbook, what's new, what's new. Uh, knowing what's new and, and being able to to um, you know use that to the best of my ability to you know have that step up, step ahead and then knowing that you know it's the stuff we've been doing for the past couple of years. So right. you know it's still it's still fresh because he has a new mindset with you know with him being a younger coach. So he has different things he builds into it. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing is being able to continue to do that at a high level. All right, Ashton Doolin with us. First impressions of Anthony Richardson. He's been here for about a month. First week of OTAs. Second week of intermixing with the veterans and the rookies. What do you make of the young guy so far? Um, I think he's heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I think he's been looking good early. Um, you know, he's seen to get the kids came to get those reps in and um, you know, with everything, you know, comes, you know, being able to be out there, you know, and to actually see it live and in motion and in practice. And um I think he's he's looking real well right now. Um I think he's gonna um grow into that 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 role that we're looking at him to grow into. And yeah. um, I can only think can only say, you know, the sky's the limit for him. No doubt about that. And as you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on him, a lot of pressure. How can a guy like you going into year five, you've been with the same franchise since 2019, how can you kind of help take some of that pressure, even if it's just for a couple minutes, mm-hmm. off of him where he can maybe take his mind somewhere else other than yeah. thinking about being a franchise quarterback? Yeah, I mean, like you say, you know, a lot of eyes on him early. So I think the biggest thing is being able to let him know that He's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen as part of the game. We've all been there before. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect in this game. So just knowing that he can do those mistakes but bounce back, forget about it, just in the past, in the past, let it go, move forward. Um, continue to do, you know, trust your abilities and trust the reason that they brought you here for a reason. Um, you know, just trust in yourself. And I think with that, you know, he'll be able to do whatever it is he wants to do. What do you make of Gardner Minshew? I'm talking to him a couple of times and, and getting to know him a little bit. Uh, seems super chill, down to earth, really easy to talk to. But when he's on the field, he's a dog. He's a fierce competitor. He's all business. Have you experienced the same thing? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, so far being with Gardner, I, I love him as a QB. Yeah, uh, he's he's a real good dude. Like you say, he's down to earth. He's chill. When he's when he gets on the field, it's time to work. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a real smart guy. Uh, knows the offense through in and throughout. So knowing that, you know, he can trust him. You know, he trusts you to be in the right spot at the right time. He's going to make the right reads as well. So I think he's he's definitely a great addition to this team. He's kind of like a coach on the field too, because mm-hmm. he does have experience in this offense playing under Shane Steich in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. How is he helping you, I guess, uh, speed up the the mastery of this playbook? Yeah, so, I mean, he like I said, he's, he's been in this offense for a while, too, so he kind of knows the, the ins and outs and, uh, you know, where the ball's supposed to be at, you know, against right. more coverage and stuff like that. So I think with that, it helps us as well because now we're able to take that next step and be able to, you know, you know, be ahead of the game, you know, to mm-hmm. say the least, uh, and be able to find those spots early so we can build that chemistry early on. All right, for you, last couple of things. Again, Ashton Doolin is our guest. What do you see for yourself for the rest of this offseason workout program? Where do you want to be at the midpoint of June compared to now in terms of goals and getting better, all those subtle things that you need going into training camp? Yeah, I think um, for me it's being consistent right now. Um, just continuing to catch the ball, uh, continuing to be good on my routes, 
Um, you know, being good in the playbook, you know, no MEs, no no mistakes, anything like that, but continue to hold myself to a higher standard. Because I know if I hold myself to a higher standard, then everybody else will be able to hold themselves as well. Because, you know, it's be able to set the right example, you know, through my play. Um, for me, it's, it's continuing to do that and then knowing that the coaches will put us where we need to be and see fit as, you know, where we can grow and, mm -hmm. you know, be the best of our abilities. So for me, it's, it's just staying on that course, you know, trusting myself, trusting my teammates, you know, trusting the process we're building right now. What did you say? You say M no MEs? No MEs. So no no mental errors, no misses. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so no no I minus, like no minus yeah. in the race. I mean, all pluses all, all across the board. I call those my bads. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. no my bads. I had a lot of my bads back in the day, right? I was raising Absolutely. my hand. My bad, right? Uh, fantastic stuff. As far as this, the rest of summer, uh, once uh, minicamp is over, how do you how do you balance summer? Because it's such a such a grind, as you know. Once you report to training camp, it's on right? Right. for the next seven eight months. It's on. You don't really get a whole lot of time to yourself, but at the same time, you got to come in sharp. You got to come in mentally prepared, mm -hmm. physically in shape, all the conditioning. So, how do you balance the, those five weeks after minicamp? Yeah, I think the biggest part is knowing that you know we, we may get a month and a half or so off, but at the same time, we're you know we're still locked into. We got training camp in a month and a half. So mm -hmm. with that. Uh, you know, if anything, you take a break in a couple of weeks, you know, you're, you're out of shape. So for me, it's, it's it's staying in shape, you know, staying in the gym, staying on the track, whatever it is, to stay in shape. That's right. And knowing that, um, you know, that, that training camp is just a month and a half away and the season gets going. You know, it, it's it's full steam ahead from there. So I think the biggest thing about it is, you know, staying in the weight room, uh, stay on top of the playbook, you know, stay on top of my body, make sure my body's in, in the perfect shape it can be. So when it's time to get, you know, to training camp, we're ready to go full steam ahead. That's the off-season workout program report with Ashton Doolin, who has zero MEs across the board. Yes, sir. My friend, thanks so much for the time. Thank Always you appreciate you. And Absolutely. enjoy that rest of that summer coming up. Thank right? you as well. Mate, you know what I like about Doolin? I, and we've seen it all through as long as we've been in the NFL, uh, players that are very, very quiet. Very quiet. Don't say much. They just shut up and show up. You know what I'm saying? But you get these guys in their fifth year like Ashton Doolin. He was that guy, but not anymore. I mean, he's out. You know, he speaks now. You can see his demeanor in the locker room. You can see mm -hmm. that players drift towards him as a veteran. I like that sort of stuff. You watch these stories year in and year out. Yeah, I mean, coming from where he came from, undrafted free agent Jeffrey out of Malone University, which – is in Canton, Ohio, and fun fact, they actually they used to play their home games at uh, the Hall at of the Fame field. Stadium. They obviously do not have a, a college football program any longer. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you played, what level, what division, what conference. None of that matters, Jeffrey. If you can play, the NFL will find you. These scouts are that good. Like an Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson was the fourth overall pick in the draft. Anthony Richardson and Ashton Doolin are on the same field and they're on this and they're in the same league on the same team, right? So if you can play, just get there, baby. Just get to the league and then whatever happens after that is up to you. And good on Ashton Doolin because the Colts prioritized him big time. He signed a two-year deal early on in free agency. I think that was the first week of free agency. So they prioritized him, locked him up for two years because of what he can do on offense and certainly what he can do on special teams and uh, excited for all that he can do. Stay healthy this year, have quarterback stability. I think he might be in store for a bigger year. Last year, 207 yards receiving. I think he's capable of a lot more than that, like you said. 
Folks, bring that with you to the barbecue or the race this weekend. Where did Ashton Doolin go to school? Okay, they'll have people scratching their head. That's Matt Taylor <laughs> telling you right there. Malone University down in Canton, Ohio. You can also download the weekly official Colts podcast if you want. We're featuring the latest news analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts this week. We talked about the early quarterback battle between Anthony Richardson and Gardner. And I'll say that again, Maytay. The quarterback battle between Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. It's a thing. Hey, one thing I got to talk to these people about on the line. Listen to me. It's great. You got to listen to it. Behind the Pads podcast. It continues. Take a listen. It's the off-season podcast series with Colts players where they're, the only rule is this, Maytay. No football talk. Nothing. No first downs. No how do you. Anything. It's all about <laughs> off the field. And this week, we talked to wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., who discussed his love for the outdoors and learning from his dad, who also played in the NFL, Michael Pittman Sr., what a rolling ball of butcher knives he was as a running back. Check all that out right now on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network. Anywhere you download your podcast, it's there. When we come back, we're going to give you the Forum Credit Union question of the week regarding the Indianapolis 500. And we're going to get into the NFL making some changes this week to the kickoff and flexing their muscle on Thursday night football. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. This is The Last Word. We're coming back here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Can't get enough football? You're in the right place. This is the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back, Maytay. It's almost here. It is almost here, 500 miles. Go left and go left fast. Go left and do it as fast as you can. All right? Sounds, 250 like times or whatever you, it is. You sound, like a, you sound like a pit strategist right there. You're calling the race for, like, Ryan hunter Ray. I love it. I love it. It's coming up. And don't forget Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee coming up right after the last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts. Last word also brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts. Proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Let's go to the Forum Credit Union question of the week. Mate, listen up. It's a good one because we got race talk and football talk here at the same question. In 2007, the Colts quarterback, Peyton Manning, acted as the honorary starter of the Indy 500 and waved the green flag to begin the race. This year, Indiana native and actor Adam driver he'll be waving the flag now Mate, the question is who are the last five honorary starters of the indy 500 we're talking uh, no sports after manning and stuff like that there's these are all entertainment Uh, there's no sports figures up here so i'm gonna let you have a crack at that we can go all the way back to 2016 through last year 2022 what do you think uh, oh, I know. wasn't um, Wasn't there a movie coming out with uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon together, and they were they waved the flag together one year? Did that they, was did they nineteen? Not? That was nineteen. Okay. Christian Bale right. and Matt Damon. Yep. Uh, last year, the guy from Top Gun. Uh, yeah, Miles the actor Teller. From Top... That's him. Okay. That's All right. Him. Uh, I would not have. The been year able before to that, I don't think you're going to get it. I don't know what the show he was on, but this guy named Milo Ventimiglia. It's either The Last of Us or The Best of Us or something on NBC. Oh, uh, this is us. W- this is us. He, yes. If you watch this show, you cried every week is what I yes. my understanding. <laughs> yeah. 2020 may tell you nothing happened. COVID, the pandemic shut it down. Chris Hemsworth in 2018. Who is that, Thor? 
Oh man, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, 2018 no, he's, rather. He's Chris in those Hemsworth. Marvel. Yeah, he's the Marvel uh, series. He's a yeah. superhero. He's chiseled yeah. too. I know okay. that. 2017, Jake Gyllenhaal actor, and 2016, Chris Pine. So a okay. bunch of actors were up there the last five years before Manning did it. <laughs> I never would have got any of those. When are you going I, up there to wave that stick? Yeah, thing? I know. What are we doing? I need to Come be on, driving mate, the pace hey? car. I mean, I'm, or letting people in the front door there on 16 in Georgetown. Come on, Doug Bowles. No. Give me something to do here it'd be like another 40 years till you do it you can't even even get up climb up the ladder to wave that thing (laughs) no it'll be fun though it'll be fun there's a lot going on and obviously with this year uh with this year adam driver who's a great actor and indiana native went to school here as well that'll be a lot of fun no doubt about it. Yeah, he's a Indy guy. I did not realize that. Graduated from the ah. University of Indianapolis from up north. I think I heard from Mishawaka. Mishawaka. Uh, so yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you Small like you said, if you, play, you. Hey, yeah. if, if you can find you. Yeah. If you can you play, play football, if you can act, you. you're in it. Let's go. They'll find you. Visit the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. Interact with other fans online. Post a topic. Participate in discussions regarding your Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. The owners' meetings went down uh, the past couple of days, Maytay. A few days ago, rather, they ended in Minnesota. Flexing some muscle, the NFL owners approved a modified resolution that allows for flexing of Thursday night football games late in the season to offer more attractive matchups. I I mean, I like the idea of it. It's going to be uh, in effect this season on a trial basis alone. They're going to see if it works or not. The flex mm-hmm. scheduling is going to apply for games in the weeks 13 through 17. And any, any scheduling changes, they must be made 28 days in advance, which is the thing that I'm scratching my head on because you don't know what kind of 28 days later if those games are going to matter. You know, a month right. month to month in the NFL means a lot. So they can only you can only flex two games in a single season, Maytame. No team's going to be subjected to a Thursday night flex more than once, and no team will be allowed to play more than two Thursday night football games in a single season. And as of right now, the Colts don't have a Thursday night game, Maytame. Do you mm-hmm. like this move? Is this all about making sure that Bezos and Amazon Prime has, has a good product to distribute <laughs> on Thursday night? Is that what this is about? I mean, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it ain't it is the money, what, Mate. It's yeah, the right. money. Yeah, probably. But I, I'm with you on the 28 days thing because one team might be hot, and you might look at the schedule and say, "Well, this, you know, this team is is more attractive than Seattle versus Dallas." You know, make replace one of those games with a team that's hot at the moment, and then a month later, you're stuck back with a, a you know an unsexy matchup based on. You know, injuries, maybe the starting quarterback is out and then it's it's less attractive. So I'm sure the players and coaches do not like the move. I mean, in, in fact, I know they do not like it. And, you know, like look at the players like on the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, etc. I'm sure they're not jazzed up to play on Thursday night football multiple times because they are the marquee teams that would probably be subjected to this. I wouldn't expect the NFL to flex games just because now they can on Thursday night football because they've already had that ability to do that on Sunday night, and the NFL has averaged fewer than two flex games per year on Sunday night football. But as we said, this is all about keeping Amazon happy. They paid big money for Thursday night football. That's a billion. uh, Yep, keep partners happy. That's the biggest variable here. And so with that in mind, I think this is probably here to stay. 
Okay, another rule change. Get this, and not many are happy about this, especially in the special teams world. Maytay, you can have a fair catch on a kickoff wherever you want to, as long as it's at the 25-yard line or in front of that, rather. Because if you fair catch on a kickoff at the 10, you're going to get the ball at the 25-yard line. And don't forget, a lot of these special teams coaches who do not like this rule, they were were place-kicking, if you will, kind of on a pooch kick to let it land at the 5-yard line, the 10-yard line, the 12-yard line, and get some big guys that normally don't kick uh, run run the football back on it. So now that's all gone for naught. All you have to do is raise your hand anywhere before the 25-yard line and call that fair catch on a kickoff, and you got the ball just like uh, just like they kicked it out of the end zone. In, in that regard, I think the kickoff is becoming more and more of a ceremonial play. And I, I get why, you know. Is it going to disappear, Mate? I, I think it's becoming more of a an endangered play. And I, I get why players and special teams coordinators don't want this in the game. It kind of takes away some of the strategy. It takes away some of the nuance and the texture of the game. But the NFL has been tweaking the kickoff the last couple of years in order to make it a safer play because of concussion data. So I, I think teams that are confident in their special teams' abilities will use squib kicks to combat mm-hmm. this so that teams can't fair catch it. But I think in the end, for the most part, fans aren't going to mind. I don't think fans are really going to care. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I mean, if someone puts their hand up and signals for a fair catch, I don't think anybody's going to lose their minds over it. I know I'm not. And in reality, the average return on kicks fielded outside of the end zone last season went to the 24-yard line, and the fair catch gives a team to the 25-yard line. So it's really like half a yard, a yard different. So I think it's just another step in the NFL making the game safer and maybe another step in the NFL – you know, taking the kickoff and and making it more of an endangered species. And I know people hate to hear that, but that's kind of where I think we're going inevitably until the NFL can come up with a a really safe compromise uh, to make the kickoff, you know, not as dangerous as a normal offensive or defensive play. Maytay, you said a mouthful there. I think what you're going to see a lot of squib kicks on kickoffs. Once it hits the ground, it's a live ball, don't forget. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's right. no fair catches when the ball is bounding, you know, a grounder right in front of your feet. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. But, again, the, what the NFL is hoping to try to do is drop concussions on kickoffs by 15%. We'll find out next year at this time if it worked or not. Okay, Maytay, coming up, we have Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee trackside. And after that, Beyond the Bricks with Mike Thompson and Jake Query, four men that know a lot about this upcoming race who do you like Maytay who's your winner I'm going with my heart I want to see Tony Kanan in his last ride in the last dance I want to see him cross the bricks first that would be an epic story great storyline great guy I think everybody around here in central Indiana would go nuts over it because of you know what he has meant to the series and you know the way that he treats and talks about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that's who I'm rooting for So I've got no insider information on who's got the best chance to win. I'm just rooting with my heart. And Tony Kanaan, I want to see it happen. I've got inside information on who's going to win this race, Maytay. So get your phones and your pencils ready. Eddie Carpenter is going to be drinking the whole milk after 500 miles. Once again, Ed Carpenter is my choice to win the (laughs) 500-mile race. It's It's a Disney story if he does it, Maytay, the hometown kid sticking around and winning the most prestigious race. I got Eddie Carpenter again. Good luck to him, the hometown hero. I'd be off for that as well. 
All right, here we go. Enjoy what's coming up because it is the best in the business worldwide. Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee. This is the last word, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Woo!